Hello, hello, welcome back, or welcome for the first time if this is new to you. Uh, today's episode features Liam Taylor, and he's a highly experienced guitarist, teacher, music technician, um, YouTuber, to name just a few of his creative ventures. I basically wanted to grill him about his thoughts on all things music and indie related, um, primarily learning and teaching guitar, overcoming struggles in skill development, face to face teaching versus online or app based teaching, and the best and worst ways to promote your music if you're an independent artist or band or producer. We actually ended up talking in depth about a fair few different topics, and he's definitely an inspiring creative and musician. He's got lots of projects in the pipeline personally, and he offers quite a lot of amazing advice and tips for anyone that's looking to progress with their playing or looking to build up their fan base a little bit. So let us know in the comments if there's anything you'd like to add to the conversation. And in the meantime, enjoy the chat. For anybody that doesn't know, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, sort of what you do and how long you've been doing it, that kind of thing? Sure. Um, well, f- firstly, thanks so much for having me. I, l- I love doing stuff like this. Um, a lot of what I do is actually um, music journalism type stuff, so I'm quite used to interviewing bands, but I don't often get to be interviewed myself, so, th- so this is fun. Um, broadly speaking, I'm a musician. There's quite a lot of variety to what I do, so... Uh, First and foremost, I'm a guitarist. That's the thing I'm good at and the thing I really enjoy. Uh, I create YouTube videos for a few channels, most of them around music, and I've been doing that for a few years. This last year, in terms of YouTube, has been pretty full on with my own channel, uh, my own channel, which I upload guitar videos to every week now. I also co-host and write music for a comedy podcast called The Conversation Hat. Uh, if anyone wants to check that out, it should be on pretty much any uh, podcast listening platform. Um, I write comedy sketches, which go up on, on YouTube as well, and I write music for those. Teach a bit of guitar and bass one-on-one, and very occasionally, if I'm lucky, I get to compose for indie films. So that's uh, lots of fingers, lots of pies, I guess. So I was going to ask what a typical day was like for you, but I guess you going to deal with different different things on different days of the week it, it varies pretty widely um i have my my day job which I'm, I'm really lucky to have found a day job that is actually in any way music related uh so i spend about 20 hours of my week as a music technician which can be more like 50 60 hours if there's an event on which happens a few times throughout the year is that in one particular venue that can be all over the place. So there's, we used to do stuff at the the Mumford Theatre in Cambridge. Uh, we did some stuff in Birmingham a few weeks ago for a Music for Youth Festival. We've got the Junction in Cambridge we occasionally work with. And then, because the, the school is a federation, there there's three different sites we could be at. There, there's one where most of the art stuff happens, but uh, it does take me all over the city and occasionally across the country as well, which is uh, pretty crazy for a secondary school. But... Um, you know it's good fun yeah um a normal day there uh will usually involve instrument repair uh bits of music editing uh assisting students quite a lot of assisting teachers as well with uh sibelius pro tools ableton a little little bit of live sound and lighting work as well uh not exactly what i thought i'd be doing with my time but I mean, have it, having that kind of income is great, and it allows me to do so much more with my uh, with my freelance time. Yeah, of course. 
yeah, pretty lucky to have something. It keeps your head, head in the right place, doesn't it, as well? Oh, You're completely. Not... Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, so I don't really do weekends <laughs> because, of, because of how much I've got going on. I, I don't really do time off. Oh, I see so what I, you mean. You, you work. So I, right. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm about 20 hours at the, at the day job and then I get three and a half days a week plus school holidays to work on the freelance stuff, um, most of which is YouTube-based. I think I host two music channels and two non-music channels. So day-to-day, as you say, there's a bit of variety, but I could be uh, researching topics, writing scripts, recording myself or co-hosts, uh, recording myself playing guitar. I'll usually... The, the only thing my days have in common is that when I wake up, I'll spend about an hour waiting for coffee to kick in <laughs> i think familiar. that's that's a pretty universal thing i guess yeah, um, yeah. we all have a lazy so, hour in the morning where the oh, world comes into completely place. <laughs> completely so f- for that period i'll find something light to do so maybe just like a little bit of um idle guitar playing so so not really focusing on anything um maybe write a to-do list for the day i'm a big fan of lists uh checking emails that kind of thing yeah I, yeah, I don't have any daily schedules or rules because of the variety in what I do. The only things that are consistent are that I'll try to get half an hour of solid guitar playing in and try to write one piece of music every day as well. Oh, okay. That's a um, good rule. It's it's a really cool rule. I, I can't remember who I stole it from, but um, it doesn't even have to be a good piece of music. It could just be a few bars of something just interesting. Just something, something. Just an idea. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like no, that the, is a the really bare good essentials idea. of a concept. Um could be on a computer could be a, a piece of paper with like some chords written down um but yeah just just something to keep you sort of engaged in 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 terms of music writing yeah uh and then when it gets to evening like i say i'm really bad at relaxing so even if i'm trying to or even if, if i'm watching tv or, or gaming or whatever physically i'll be quite tired but my brain is wide awake so i'll, I'll always be writing scripts or optimizing videos on a laptop even if i'm multi-screening it's called isn't it it's, it's one of those things that millennials yeah. get yelled yeah, but if you're at supposedly for. chilling out you're still uh, on the ball there is there is no chill i'm afraid no <laughs> that's chill. the best way to be though it's how you move forwards isn't it try new things i think so new projects definitely yeah um so when did you start youtubing like when did you upload your fir- your very first video my very first video i think was um the a cover of Michael Jackson's Beat It, just the solo section, which I recorded. I studied at this great music college called Access to Music um, in Norwich. So I used to go every day on a train, hour and a half back and forth um, to music college. And as part of the coursework, we had to, I think we got given a week or two to learn a song and it was like a, a module in being a session musician. So I was like, cool, yeah, I'll, I'll do beat it. How hard could it be? It's really hard. <laughs> Is that on electric? <laughs> Super. Uh, sorry? Was that on electric guitar? Electric guitar, yeah. Uh, really pretty intricate solo. Didn't help that the coursework was being recorded and marked at, I think it was nine in the morning, having been on the train for an hour and a half, no real chance to warm up. Uh, and okay. we just played it so much faster than it should have been. You tend um, to do that when you're nervous, though. Don't I've had that experience. Completely, completely. Yeah. Um, so, so how did you how do you go about something like that? Do, would you look up the tab for it, or would you just sort of learn it by ear, make your own version? I think I did a combination of things. So I, I think I watched, I listened to it a few times, 
so I could sort of mentally break it down into into the uh, the different sections and then usually with something like that you'll find that okay this section is all about this one kind of technique this section is all about uh, outlining this chord so then you break it up into these uh, sub exercises this is this is what I do when, when I teach as well um, and then basically just look at tabs online that I don't believe anyone's ever tabbed any song perfectly there will always be some kind of problem in there so I try and work out okay that section works for this section but then I'll refer to this other tab to get this other section so just kind of um, mix and match mi absolutely mix and match uh, and then working out what I could get away with adapting to suit my own playing style so for example I, I'm really bad at picking fast like individual notes um, but I'm quite good at kind of more legato left hand reliant style stuff so I tried to work out if there's anything I could swap techniques for without um, without it just sounding like a different song basically okay, yeah. so just utilising your own strengths to kind of make it work absolutely yeah yeah is, uh, is that video still on YouTube yeah um, I think if you search Liam Taylor beat it guitar solo you might be able to find it I don't know there's probably thousands of people uh, who've done that same solo <laughs> we'll give it a search um, anyway that sounds good but um, if you if you find my channel uh, I think Liam Taylor guitar tuition on YouTube it will be you might have to do a bit of scrolling down to find it but it'll be on there somewhere for sure okay cool so how many videos have you uploaded do you know uh that's a really good question I've probably somewhere near 120 at this point blimey and that's in how long so that first video would have been uploaded in 2009 i think it might have been 2012 or 2013 when i started teaching um but the first videos were kind of uh what's the best way to put this they, they weren't any good by themselves like i uploaded them to be uh a resource used in addition to what I was teaching students one-on-one -on -one. so okay. it was basically me just literally playing an exercise so they could hear it and see what I'm doing just to accompany the, uh, the teaching process Ex exactly um, so I think it must have been the last maybe 2014-15 when or probably 2015 we actually tried to start uploading regularly so hard to get just everything timetabled in a way that allows you to do it regularly because on youtube you've got to do it basically weekly otherwise you're not gonna you're not gonna get anywhere yeah absolutely so I, yeah the same thing as as uh, as you said about writing a, a new uh, bit of music every day isn't it it's the completely that, uh, completely um yeah just being really strict with yourself and making yourself do it so i as of january this year have managed to upload one video every week i think there's one that i've missed because i spent just a little bit too much time on a different project um yeah so it's been it's been this year 2017 that that's really kind of taken off yeah uh, amazing yeah weekly weekly is hard plus all the other channels which get monthly or weekly videos as well that's awesome so no i i, I knew that you you were obviously quite experienced that's why i asked you on the show but i didn't realize it went quite so, quite so far back if you know yeah I mean. there's, there's quite a lot um but as, as i say it's only really been the last couple of years that it's kind of been a focus and then with yeah. my own channel this year in particular oh, amazing. um so when you said you were a musician uh, sorry a music technician i kind of sure uh i kind of imagined you know the sound guy 
at gigs, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, do you do anything like that, or is it mostly just the schools thing? So it's they have performances quite often. So, um, for example, the last week of term, we had to put on uh, the musical Godspell in three days with uh, with eleven year olds from scratch. Which is from scratch. <laughs> so, fun. yeah. It, <laughs> It's hard, <laughs> really hard. Um, so we're we're lucky in that there's there's two technicians and a student who's re- who's really great at lighting. So he could focus on lighting. Right. The other sound, the other tech could focus on doing the live sound. So what I was doing, I guess, was kind of being like a DJ. So there were sound effects and uh, tracks that were triggered at points in the performance. So that was my job. Um, other times I'll have to do yeah live sound text type type things i'll have to do uh drama exams where i'm a lighting tech so yeah it's i i'm not quite sure if it's more or less pressured than doing a kind of indie band uh gigs but uh yeah a different kind of pressure certainly Mm. because if um i mean if you mess up as a technician in in a in an indie gig then yeah it, it could sort of like spoil the evening but if you mess up as a um technician in a GCSE exam you I don't think I could ruin someone's GCSE but I feel like I could I know I, that they're not, I, they're I don't not think graded it aff- on it it wouldn't affect their marks but I think you could throw them off couldn't you um, totally yeah. yeah which could affect the performance I guess but yeah. we're, we're quite good at teaching them if this goes wrong you just got to carry on and actually if something goes wrong and you carry on you can get marked up for that so uh, oh okay so I don't want to say I'm them helping them when I mess up but uh <laughs> We took you from a C to a B, don't you know? <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, so I've seen quite a few of your videos now. Um, but, cool. Well, considering that you've got over 100, I, I guess I'm not anywhere near there. Just scratched the surface. <laughs> yeah. Um, in May, you put out one called Guitarist to the Worst, which is one that caught yeah. my attention. Um, so this was about your feelings about guitarists to, for example, put a Fender strap on a non-Fender guitar or yeah. misuse guitar pedals or weather capo right up high on the on the neck mm. of the guitar um do you actually attend a lot of gigs or is that now that you say that you don't have a lot of leisure time is that not something that you do um i, I think i have a load of pet peeves I, I think they come from working with uh indie bands so so years ago before i was in technician i, I worked as an events manager a bit um and i do work with younger ba- with young bands in, uh, at school quite a lot so um yeah, I do. I do see a fair bit. I'm usually I do more stuff behind the scenes at gigs than I do attend gigs. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So you so say yeah. I I'm certainly at gigs. I I just don't attend them for a pleasure very often. Um. A lot of my pet peeves I think are rooted in um. The, there's something about guitar that seems to attract arrogant people, and I can get away with saying that because I'm a guitarist and. All the things I complain about in the, in that video are things that I have done. Um, the thing with the delay pedal, for example, um, you get a really cool uh, glitchy sound when you've got the uh, was it delay feedback and mix up, but then you, you start turning the delay time button. Um, it, it's a really cool sound, but using it seems to become a staple with uh, independent bands, and I used to use it all the time because it's a cool sound but um it's just a bit overused so that that's where that comes from uh the guitar strap thing shouldn't bother me nearly as much as it does 
but it really bothers me. Um, it's kind of my own problem, but yeah, that's basically if I see someone with a, um, let's say, a, a Gibson guitar, but then the strap is a Fender. Fender make great straps, but um, you're not playing a Fender, so what, yeah, that <laughs> bothers th- me more than it should. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think that is, though? Is that not possibly that someone's just given it to them as a gift, or they? do you think that people don't understand you know that fender make guitars as well or um <laughs> it, it could be any number of those things um i think i'm pretty willing to accept that that's my own problem <laughs> and enough. that uh because um I'm, I'm quite a, quite a tall guy so actually i used to use fender straps because it got the guitar in a comfortable position i i played bass in a band a few years back and and i like my bass a little bit lower than i do my guitar so um oh, so you I, did I, a lengthy strap Exactly. So I actually ended up buying a Fender amplifier to go with my Fender strap to go with my Dean bass. Ooh. Uh, so that that's so you how you brought uh, this on yourself, really. Inspired. I brought it. It's, it's my own problem. <laughs> I accept that. Um, um, so yeah. So I, I, uh, I don't. I don't go to nearly as many gigs as I'd like. It's kind of a lame excuse, but there's not that many venues around Cambridge. I was going to ask about um, that actually. Yeah. So, that- so some of the bits of the video uh, the video is called Guitarists Are the Worst and Here's Why if anyone's interested some of those bits were aimed at uh, I think I saw like a Glastonbury highlight or it could have been a Download Festival highlight and the capo thing I, I see professional guitarists using a capo really far up the neck and I just think to myself you could have learned a new chord voicing or found another way to play that chord without cutting off half the range of your instrument probably having a load of tuning problems and i don't know it just seems a bit uh how how far up the neck is too far in your opinion well i mean the the thing with the way guitars are tuned means that any further than the fifth fret is redundant so you can voice any chord within um within a five fret radius you just can um So if you're using a capo further than the fifth fret, it basically means that you're playing a chord you could play elsewhere and you could have a greater range of chord because you're basically cutting off fifth frets of your deepest string. Does that kind of make sense? No, I do. I've phrased that weirdly. I do. Um, I know I am. I definitely do um, uh, wear my capo higher than the fifth fret when I play sometimes. Um, but I, I think the it's, reason it's easy. I get, for me, I get it. Like, I'm not the best guitarist, and so in the, sure. I, I write a lot of my own songs. And so if I'm trying mm. to work out where my voice is, for me, that's the easiest way. And then afterwards, I'll totally. work out how to play it without. But you know, yeah, if you, I mean, if it's you, it's an easy adjustment if, say, you're in like a, a function band and, and you do uh, karaoke style stuff, which, which I've seen around a few times. If the uh, singer says, "Oh, my range is a bit higher than this song was recorded." You can just whack it, whack a capo on two frets up, play the same it's chords, and not have to fix. think about it. Yeah, quick definitely. fix. But I know when what you mean. It, it takes away the the brightness of the guitar sound. Totally. Um, especially if a band doesn't sort out the intonation on their instrument as well, uh, mm. and it just sounds bad. It's it's really a problem with kind of the 
uh, better known bands who, who play the big festivals I just feel a bit like you of all people should know how to uh, use your instrument properly at that level in your career I guess that makes sense yeah. you would imagine um, <laughs> but the problem is you're going to get loads of hate on my behalf because I use the term proper guitar playing which uh, apparently is completely objective so I'm told <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's no proper way it's just music it's fun. <laughs> pretty, pretty much again I, I don't want to poop on people who are, who are enjoying music in any way we'll get to that later I'm sure yeah yeah no we'll bring we'll bring it back in do you gig yourself then did I I don't know if I already very 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 occasionally I used to go to a lot of blues jams um which would just kind of you'd get given the key of a song and like a vague feel and you'd you'd go there no I've not gigged for a very long time uh the last gig I did I think was at the waterfront in Norwich with and I must have done stuff since then See, I, I played a couple of places in Norwich when I was at college, and then I think I've mostly just been doing the jam scene. I'd love to find a band and start gigging, um, but especially because uh, a lot of what I studied at college was was stagecraft, is knowing how to um, how to be on a stage. Oh, okay. But it's possibly because I don't have that outlet of doing it myself that I've started doing a lot of these YouTube videos. Um, it's it's a bit annoying. I can't quite practice what I preach, but. Uh, Oh well. <laughs> Someday soon, yeah. Um, Someday soon. So- I mean, I get to play a lot with uh, with school. It'll usually happen that um, a GCSE music student's written a piece, and then oh, they haven't accounted for the fact that this piece is really hard, and a sixteen-year-old can't play it. Do you mind playing it? So, okay, fine. So I've got half an hour to work out how to play this kid's uh, GCSE composition. Great. Um, You're able ha- to that, do that, that though, surely. Did just you? about. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a lot of it's taking account for things because obviously they're, they're young they don't, they don't know how to write for instruments unless they play them so it's a bit like well rather than doing this could I play this instead it will change it in this way and then kind of communicating how that changes but uh, yeah so, so I do a reasonable bit of uh, performing with school as well which is quite cool so that I, I get my um, satisfied in terms of performance in that way I guess yeah fair enough um We'll talk a bit about teaching then, if that's all right with you. Sure, absolutely. Um, I was thinking actually earlier when you said that you do this thing where you write something new every day. So for the mm. past few months, so I've only been teaching for about four months now, I think. Okay. Um, and so since I started, my new thing was to learn a new song of somebody else's every day. Because for the past cool. sort of seven or eight years, I've generally just written my own stuff um, mm. and learned, you know, the intro to things. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, that, so, so that's been my thing, like especially like pop songs and stuff, because I don't listen to mainstream radio. So I, I didn't know. I teach children, and I didn't know a lot of the songs that they wanted to learn. So I, I know the feeling absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. plenty of Ed Sheeran has come up, and uh, oh boy. <laughs> Sean Mendes in there. He's uh, Ed Sheeran. Actually, was at the the music college I attended. We weren't. I don't think we were there at the same time. But yeah, so he went to Access to Music in Norwich as well. So. Uh, so you didn't meet that, him. I I, I think he must have been giving a guest lecture or something when I was there. So I didn't I didn't meet him face to face, but we were in the same room. But I don't think he would have been a student at the time. Oh, okay. That's my really tenuous claim to fame until I get my own. <laughs> That's quite cool. He's a very hard-working musician. He is, actually, yeah. As much as he gets grilled for uh, Game of Thrones appearances, he does he put the does. work in. So He does yeah. get grilled for that. Um, <laughs> oh, I'd love to talk about Game of Thrones, but I don't think that's relevant to, <laughs> to my side. Well, we'll see that's a whole other again. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you teach guitar and bass. Um, yeah. Is that face-to-face? Do you do any Skype lessons? or is it? I, I don't like doing things over Skype because... 
especially with beginner guitarists, I want to be able to pick up and physically move a student's hand if I have to. Yeah, reach um, over and, so. and correct it, yeah. I've seen people who are who are really great at teaching uh, over Skype. I think that's with with more uh, advanced students. You you can totally just communicate things through words, especially if if as a teacher you get good at being able to reiterate things until a student properly understands it. So I think for advanced students it, it works really well. Um, the, I think the majority of most guitar students will be beginners. Um, so yeah, I I haven't even really bothered to try teaching over Skype. Um, I pretty much teach any skill range. The ones I enjoy, which this is probably normal, are um, intermediate students but not advanced students because I love being able to teach something and then watch the penny drop with particular things like uh, the modes on guitar is is a great example of something which when you first look at it is a really difficult concept and i think actually people like to mystify the modes a bit and make it a bit appear a bit more hard than it actually is so the second someone understands it it just unlocks a, a universe of opportunities for for songwriting and uh and playing guitar so i love seeing the penny drop which you don't always with uh, beginning guitarists because they're just sort of doing the things you tell them to when they get more a bit more advanced then it's really like oh now i completely get how this works and it's like yeah now now joe satriani's music makes sense to you you're welcome um (laughs) so have you have you mastered the art of explaining those things then i i think i'm pretty good at reiterating things and approaching them from different directions until they're understood um I don't think there's I think that's the skill. I don't think there's like a perfect way that mean of explaining anything actually that that means everyone will get it. I think you've just got to be able to uh to reiterate and rephrase till until they get it. Um mm. and that's th- things I remember from school being taught and not understanding the relevance or, or the concept at all and then years later someone just will say it and all of a sudden oh that's what that means. Now I understand algebra that why did <laughs> yeah, why no. couldn't they have just said that in the first place um it's hard though if you know something really well it's hard to you know remember what it was like to not know it um, totally totally to explain it so for me i i only started really learning music theory properly in the last two or three years um, sure. and i i definitely remember these distinct moments when i discovered things like the caged system and you know mm. things sort of phrases that had been thrown around and i had no idea what they were and then yeah. suddenly seeing a video or having someone just show me it um and being like oh that's amazing like the way that music works is incredible actually yeah it is um, it's really uh, it, it's one of those things where I can actually completely understand how it's taken however many thousand years to get to this point. Um, yeah, I think cage system, the modes, and circle of fifths, I think, are these things that are kind of thrown around as being like the uh, the saving grace of musicians. You're not a musician unless you fully understand these things, and they're mystified um, in that kind of way and revered. But actually, when, when you get them, they're, they're really simple. That complex, they're complex, yeah. Not at all. But saw, it's just uh, getting your uh, head around how it works, I think, is quite hard. That's it. I can't remember what the website was. I wouldn't want to guess, but um, they do really good animations about music theory, and they did one about Circle of Fifths. Um, is it 12-tone? Or that could be similar? Could well Tw- be, yeah. Is that sort of a, a walk-through animated with a bit of history and then how it relates to... Uh, possibly not. 12-tone basically is, is a voiceover and then a sped-up... Um, sped up footage of a guy drawing things on paper um so he'll sort of 
animate it live in that kind of way so possibly uh, okay. a different channel oh that sounds good I think I feel like it's communica sound or something like that but I don't okay. really, I don't want to guess that sounds cool you know what it is sure yeah <laughs> um, so so how many people do you teach at the moment on a weekly basis weekly basis so I've got a few kids I'm teaching at school um, some of them are kind of they'll more or less just turn up whenever they need something um, I've got three regular students currently which is not very is that, many is that one uh, on one not for one for one on one yeah and then yeah. i'll get um occasionally slightly more advanced students who um i can't in all good conscience sit them down for an hour every week and take their money when actually that we're just jamming so i'll uh, <laughs> they'll get they'll That's get the like a refresher part. section uh, refresher session every few months so it okay. does kind of vary, and it varies with with my workload as well. Uh, usually three, though, so so not a huge amount, but um, enough to keep me thinking, I guess. Okay, so for for anyone that's sort of just now learning to play guitar, how would you mm-hmm. how would you help somebody who's having trouble making chords, for example? Because I know it's very easy to get someone to be able to play, you know, single note melodies on on mm. a couple of strings, but making chord shapes, for, especially for small children, that's sort of eight, nine, ten years old seem to find it really really difficult yeah um totally how would you work around that like how would you help them through that so i think this is good advice for anything in life actually if you're struggling to learn a new thing is, is try to integrate the thing you can't yet do with the thing with a thing that you can already do so um one i come across a lot of students i get will have already learned open chords already so so the the big one I face a lot is bar chords Mm. Um, and people will often just try and be like okay learning bar chords let's find a song made out of bar chords jump in deep end let's do it but obviously then it won't sound like music because you can't do bar chords yet so what I try to do is take a sequence of open chords which they can already do and then integrate a single bar chord into that mix um, and then you play it really slow so yeah it might be a bit tedious playing the open chords you can do already but then it's a bit more of a challenge when you get to the bar chord once that bar chord is fully integrated and you can play it at a reasonable speed then you swap out another chord for a bar chord then a third then a fourth until you're playing a completely bar chord thing um, I'm also sometimes quite arbitrary with what bar chords we add so it might not diatonically make sense but it's it's fine no one's listening because it's mm. just you and a teacher um and i think sometimes forcing yourself to play things that might not sound perfect or might not make sense from a theory point of view can be quite fun because then your ear works out uh what not to do basically yeah. uh if yeah. it's something like open chords so so like a complete beginner um just simplifying the chords so rather than playing all three fingers or or four fingers of an open g major chord you just start off by playing the deepest three notes so in that example you're playing a third fret on the e string second fret on the a string and then an open uh, d string and then just try and work out how to play those chords using one finger or two finger once you can do that at a reasonable speed then start adding extra fingers um i think generally i say the important thing is to make it sound like music as quickly as possible because if you're a little kid and you're trying to play guitar but you're just sort of hitting strings and it sounds 
more like a poorly tuned percussion instrument than anything else that's not going to sound like music you're not going to get excited about it so the quicker it actually starts to sound like chords and notes and a pattern that makes sense um i think the better especially with, with complete beginners yeah you've got to get the enthusiasm there haven't you so totally 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 um i'm glad you said that because that's something that i've been doing as well we call cool. them cheat chords <laughs> um, ah, i like it so, yeah yeah so like the c chord um one of the girls i work with she'll just do it with you know first finger first fret on the uh, b string um perfect you just yeah. play those those couple of strings there yeah and that's our yeah that's see. perfect yeah um especially with uh yeah, open, uh, in using as many open strings as you can. Again, it makes it sound more like music because yeah. there's kind of more notes there, and it sounds a little brighter because it's, uh, uh, especially on acoustic guitar, that's the, the strings that you're supposed to be playing as open as possible, um, yeah. just because that's what what resonates the uh, the brightest, I guess. Yeah, mm. just just simplify it, uh, simplify stuff in terms of uh, speed as well. Whatever it is you're trying to do. Um, this is a complete contradiction to what I just said, but slow something down until it's not even musical, uh, but then only speed up once you can do it at that speed. Um, that, I think, more is a problem with uh, more intermediate guitarists who are trying to do fast scale runs or whatever. Okay, you've got to make sure... Yeah. Exactly. You've just got to make it... Just properly slow it down and only bring it up once you can play that at the right speed and you're holding the notes for the complete duration. Um Another one I've faced is uh, changing the position you hold your guitar at. A lot of it is either because students spend their time sitting down, so when they stand up with their guitar, they don't know what they're doing. So practice standing up as often as you can. Okay. Um, and often adjusting your strap height. Um, cool kids will have it really low because they've seen Slash do it. Um, but then wonder why they can't play bar chords. It's because Slash doesn't play bar chords. <laughs> Um, yeah, so ad adjusting strap height and, and just trying to take account for your body. No one can tell you how to wear a strap because no one has the same body as you. So it's kind of up to you and your comfort yeah, just to work out. that out. Yeah. Do you, if, if you're going over some new songs, do you worry about sort of strumming patterns and things? Do you try to get them to completely imitate whatever song it is that you're doing? Or do you just encourage kind of freestyling? Uh, varies from student to student. So if I'm teaching someone who I know has an interest in writing their own stuff, mm. I won't necessarily worry about the strumming pattern. I'll maybe do it once or twice to make sure they can follow instructions. Yeah. Um, but then just say, then we'll go into like the theory and say, okay, the reason we we chose this chord for the, or the reason the composer chose this chord for this section is because it complements the song in this way. Uh, and then it goes into this section. So we'll kind of try and break it down in terms of theory if I know they want to be a songwriter. Um, if it's someone that just is uh, a hobbyist, which is fine, by the way, if someone just yeah. wants to play for, for their own enjoyment, then I think they usually will want to play it as precisely to the original as possible. Um, and this kind of goes back to what I was saying about the, the, the beat it solo is just a case of working out if they literally can't play a specific chord or they can't strum a certain way, find a way to cheat it. And either we'll get back to doing it the, here's that word again, the proper way, or we'll uh, we'll just keep it that way and that will be your unique interpretation of that song. Your special uh, version. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Your, uh, what's the technical word? Arrangement oh, of that yeah, song. Um, awesome. So um, I, the first, very first thing that I saw of yours was the video that you did um, about music learning apps. 
Yes. Oh boy. So, <laughs> which I think is that your most viewed video? Um, or one of it's my most viewed video, which is from uh, my weekly upload schedule. So I've got a few um, uh, gear reviews. Uh, I'm endorsed by this uh, guitar company, Court, who I really like. So I do reviews of their gear whenever I, I get a hands on a new instrument from them. Uh, okay. o- occasionally, funky pedals or whatever I come across, those will get. Uh, a similar number of views to, what to were they this called? app Sorry, video. C-O-U-R-T? C-O-R-T. C-O-R-T. Um, so product reviews get a lot because people want to know where to spend their money, basically. They mm. want to make sure that what they're getting is right. So those will get um, 10, 20, 30,000 within a year. Um, my most viewed video is... Are you familiar with Lil Wayne, the rapper? <laughs> yes, indeed, yeah. Lil Wayne thinks he can play guitar. Lil Wayne can't play guitar. That's a common so, theme with rappers these days. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I'll just hold a guitar while I, while I rap. That will add. Pretty much. <laughs> the, the, the problem is, because he's quite well known, um, he can do what he thinks playing a guitar is to thousands of people. Um, so, have you seen the, uh, the shreds? parody videos so it's like eddie van halen or slash but the playing's all messed up and sounds awful no, have you seen I those i don't think so they're hilarious they're a great waste of time so it's just really really well known really well respected musicians but yeah. it sounds naff and awful and it's hilarious because the crowd are still cheering and the band is still going for it it just sounds pants is it real so it's, it's not no no oh, it's, it, it's, it's, it's overdubbed right, right, right. so Sorry. so what I, that's okay uh, so what i did was the the opposite of that so i took a video where Lil Wayne isn't how am I shall I bother being nice he's not doing very well you be yourself but (laughs) thank you um he's not doing very well with guitar so and I don't think you can even really hear what he's doing because it's mixed so um it's not mixed poorly I think the sound tech has just worked out that no one needs to hear what he's trying to do so I've synced up my version of what he could have done so I've over, overdubbed myself playing over Lil Wayne not playing very well. Oh, that was nice um, of you. Thank you. I think so. Um, <laughs> I've not been offered any any uh, deals by Lil Wayne yet, oh. but uh, we'll see. Um, yeah, after this. Like, maybe, maybe. Um, we'll so you. that video, I think, recently, it's something. it must be very nearly 40,000 views, but it's it's oh, got yeah. more than the video I ripped off to make my video if that makes sense it's got more than the original what's it called uh lil wayne actually shreds lil wayne actually shreds (laughs) um yes so so that got more that recently got more views than the uh, than the original which was very cool so that is my most viewed video okay um this uh video about uh learning apps and learning games um i'm saying is my most viewed video in terms of my uh regular new upload schedule so it, it's still the, it's still a great um, absolutely um, okay um yeah so it's still a really cool milestone okay cool um so i mean it's it was really interesting to watch and i'd only just learned about musician myself because um, mm. they do have they do have um you know adverts their adverts are quite they're, I think you, you they're the doing aggressive <laughs> they're doing all of my marketing for me it's amazing 
right. I, I haven't had to tell anyone about this video. People are finding it. No, this it. was it. I was yeah. searching for musician and you came up. So. Yep. Yeah, third, third video when you search musician. Um, that's cool. They've I, definitely got their marketing down. I was about to ask if we can name the apps, but we're sort of, uh, we're, we're into it now, late. aren't we? <laughs> um, so my, There are other, other learning apps that are available. Yeah, I also I also say that they're terrible as well, though. That's the okay. thing. Um, my whole thing with YouTube is um, arguments aren't particularly well balanced, and if if you've looked at any comment section on a on a YouTube video, you know that that's a completely pointless battle to even yeah. try and start. But um, there aren't many videos criticizing this kind of software or pointing out potential flaws. So that's why I made well that was one of the reasons I made it but that's the reason I'm um kind of a bit brutal about it so did um, you, have you have you downloaded a few of these and had to play around with them and I haven't um which, which is pretty bad of me but um my the reason I haven't is because I'm not a beginner guitarist if I if something if someone's trying to teach me something but they phrase it poorly I'll probably be able to work out what they're getting at um, I don't have the perspective of someone who has only been playing less than a year, so so I'm not going to be able to get th- their experience of it. the The only evidence I have, I say the only, the evidence I have to back up my arguments is the number of students that have come to me who I have one on one lessons with. Some of them still um, saying that they're using whatever software and they've hit a wall and can't progress. And that's down to how these applications and games work. They can't possibly score you... Sorry, the, the only thing they can score you on is whether or not you've it's detected the right note. So, so Just, a, just ac- purely accuracy? Purely down to whether or not it's heard it. So, I mean, you, you could think about, okay, well, what if a guitarist's guitar is out of tune? But they happen to hit the right note because they've played the wrong fret. Are they going to play that wrong fret the next time they play it but their guitar's in tune? And then it'll sound terrible. Yeah. But the app won't know that because it's heard the right pitch. Um, and obviously, like if you're, if you're a guitar teacher, you can see, oh, that shouldn't have sounded like that. What's going on? Oh, you didn't actually tune. Okay, great. That's what we need to do. I didn't think that, to be honest, because I guess it depends on the quality of your phone as well, then, that you're using in the mic on your phone. And Yeah, totally. Um I, I I heard one of the comments left uh, was saying that I think was it a musician or was it Rocksmith? I can't remember. W- one of them can't detect a bass guitar when it's being played with a plectrum, which is that's m- mental. M- completely mental, right? How that's a huge flaw. Mm. And like, I don't want to get into the whole <laughs> proper bass playing, but like, pick is valid, slap is valid finger style is valid like you can't why would it not be able to pick that up the only thing i can think is perhaps to do with the um the attack it's expecting so like it's not expecting the um the the very first fraction of the sound it detects to be quite a uh harsh almost percussive sound like when you when you pick a guitar there's a very solid um kind of percussion to it and then it turns into a pitch very quickly where if you play fingerstyle there's no real attack to it if that makes sense that's the only thing that occurs to me but like why would that be a problem if it's not a problem with guitar unless it literally just can't handle bass frequencies which is an even stupider problem um yeah i don't know that but that's um 
it's clearly something that should be fixed. Yeah, definitely. Perhaps they'll uh, work on an update. Yeah. Um, Um, Usually they find out about stuff like this, I think, now with social media. If there's something wrong with what you're doing or your company. I I hope so. Um, (laughs) Yes. So the the gist of the video is that music or teaching apps aren't particularly good. I have no problem with tuning apps. I think I'm actually pretty impressed by some tuning apps. If anyone's interested, I use the official Fender one. Um on my non-Fender guitar. I don't know if that's a problem. <laughs> uh, I think Liam Taylor might have a problem with that. Yeah, could be. <laughs> that's fine. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, um, what that's about, what the comment um, section tell me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, that must be quite harsh. <laughs> it's in, in fairness, with, with the comments and stuff, um, I, I perhaps should have prefaced it by saying that whatever an individual enjoys doing is great if if they love playing with uh rocksmith musician guitar tricks whatever that's fine yeah. it's um that's it's the only not down thing to yeah that's the, that was all that i would sort of think to say is that anything that gets people playing music and they're enjoying it and it's therapeutic for them yeah. or whatever then yeah absolutely great. and you mentioned that it is basically a game and i have i've used it um this week just to give it a try and it is sure. quite a fun a fun you know game essentially yeah um, i i'm sure it is the um the, the problem with it being a game is that uh, if you think about how games are scored it's all about getting to the last level and finishing the last level and sometimes it's about doing that as fast as you can so because it's because it is a game I'm afraid um, it's you're only going to complete it when you do the thing as complete with as many notes with as fast as possible as you're being told to speed doesn't equal good sound sure that sure there's a bit of crossover there uh, especially if you're Ungvi Malmsteen or Steve I or whoever but um, if you're playing something fast you're not necessarily playing it good Um, so I've had students who I've had to backtrack with who sure they can play fast but they're not holding notes for their full duration or notes are overlapping and it just sounds kind of sloppy and unpleasant I've had other students Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say a, a little, perhaps a little bit soulless as well. If you just completely kind of mathematically, yeah, if you um, if you, if you take the identical phrases and have a someone who's been playing two years and someone who's a professional musician, if they play the identical thing, you can totally tell which is which, and it's all down to um, I call them micro articulations. So it's not even a case of uh, vibrato bending, slide that kind of thing, but it's a case of ooh, the intonation is ever so slightly out here. Maybe I just need to grip a little bit harder. And oh yeah, that's the right pitch. Yeah. Just little things like that. That that after years and years of playing, you don't even consider as a thing you do, but are. And that's that's how you can tell the difference. I think between between a pro and a beginner so yeah trying to backtrack with uh, students is really frustrating as well yeah i was going to say what are some of the worst habits that you think people get from i mean are there people that have used purely learning apps and you know for years and years do you know of anyone that's i guess completed the game essentially i i don't uh, a lot of the comments on on this video have said like i'm level nine you don't know what you're talking about i don't know what level nine is i don't care <laughs> if you're using the uh, i think i i did a comment response because of course i did uh and it's like if you're using if i'm saying that something isn't very good and you're saying that you're an expert in that thing that means nothing to me so yeah. uh the only people i've known who've used it for a very long time have either commented on this video and said it's the most amazing thing ever. The only people I know in person 
are the students that have come to me and said, I've been using this for ages, why do I suck? Mm. Um, and you've, you've kind of got to go with the, the experiences you have with people face to face because that's the only thing you can actually properly experience, I guess, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, so, okay. so no, I, I don't know if anyone's completed the game. I, I don't know. I don't know what the end game is. Is it a record deal? That'd be cool. I should think so. Yeah, sort of um, <laughs> Prince status or something like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay, so when when you're pretending to chill out in the evening, do you? <laughs> consume um sort of other youtubers do you consume any teachers online just to check it out or to get inspired by yeah totally um i mean in terms of uh relaxing i i try to watch non uh youtube non uh, sorry uh music stuff where possible so i like the uh, the game grumps gaming channel uh, I used to watch a lot of uh, filmmaking stuff uh, the channels okay. film riot and indie mogul I used to use a lot and they sort of helped me know how to use a DSLR camera oh, okay. uh, and just kind of, yeah, make stuff for a YouTube audience. So you do think there is, there's value in learning from Oh, completely. I think, video um, lessons yeah, things. absolutely. I think with, with something like filmmaking, it's easy to show online because um, it, it's a visual medium isn't it um, with music? If it's an audio medium, then YouTube isn't the best place to do that. But, uh, well, because they sort of degrade audio quality, I guess. Uh, so all these, I try not to use pr uh, production tutorials on YouTube, even though I make some myself, because when they talk about, especially really high-end, really expensive um, software, they'll try and convince you that this thing sounds amazing. It's like, yeah, but you're on YouTube. I can't hear the difference. I'm listening with my huge mm. KRK studio-grade speakers on YouTube, and I can't hear the difference. So I'm not going to spend £10,000 on your thing because I can't hear the difference on YouTube. If you come to my house with your software, I might be able to. Um, whereas stuff like filmmaking, the the medium is all about uh, image. So you can use it. And yeah, there's quality reduction, but some of it's more about um, visual storytelling and stuff, which I've kind of used in, uh, in the comedy sketches I create. Um... There, yeah, there are a few music-specific channels I watch. Uh, I mentioned Twelve Tone earlier. Yeah. Yeah, so the guy does uh, sort of illustrates pen and paper things he's talking about. Uh, so him and Adam Neely, Adam N-E-E-L-E-Y, I think. Um, he's a uh, jazz bassist in New York, and okay. him and Twelve Tone talk about really sort of intricate uh, music theory stuff, but they do it in a really accessible kind of way um and sometimes they talk about really absurd stuff um quite, quite abstract kind of musical concepts but sort of stuff that you could um even if you don't end up using it yourself it, it's cool to know that there's this weird stuff that exists um i used to watch a lot of rob chapman i don't know if you're familiar with him um yeah. I've As got a, a friend called Rob Chapman, but I don't imagine it's the same person. Is he in a band called Dorje? I don't think so, no. There, I, I imagine you would know if it was him. Okay, no. Um, so he's Rob he's Chapman. quite interesting, but um, I find Rob Chapman more interesting because of the, um, the way his band Dorje have been successful. I think widely off the back of his uh, YouTube career. So he, he was a YouTube guitar instructor. 
um, for a while. And then he mentioned that he had a band because he was quite successful. His band became quite successful. And because their fan base isn't localized, it means that they can tour the UK and just have have an instantly successful tour because they've done stuff through this um, global medium of YouTube. So that's really... Mm. That's interesting. Uh, I recently found, yeah, exactly. Uh, I recently found a chap called Tantacruel, T A N T A C R U L. That might be a Pokemon pun. I'm not sure. Um, He does quite similar videos to me, but it's about uh, music composition in general. I think he's, uh, I think he's a singer by trade. He's completely savage about things he doesn't like, so I feel a real connection with him in that way. Yeah. Um, he recently did a video about uh, how to do a bad cover of Hallelujah, <laughs> which is in case you didn't know how to do. In that case yourself. you didn't know how, and uh, he's just talking about how um, the the beauty of that song is how minimal it is. Especially, yeah, the the original by Leonard Cohen was it was kind of a full ensemble, but then mm. the uh, the the well known version by uh, by Buckley is uh, really as minimal as you can get and still be music. Um, so when people try to take this highly, this really beautiful, highly emotive song, but then add bells and whistles and just go completely over the top, that kind of ruins it. Um, so that that's a really good video, how to do a bad cover of Hallelujah. Um, Sounds good. I'll check it out. Yeah, it's worth a watch. Um, it's actually a, a song that literally describes how to write a song. I, lo- I love that kind of meta in there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> in music. Yeah. Um so what would you say I guess this could apply to your filmmaking or just mm. in progressing in I mean do you still find yourself learning new things on the guitar? Yeah, um I don't I used to try and find like as much time as possible to to learn new things and and focus on developing skills but because I'm writing so much and playing so much I I find that I'm playing so much I no longer have time to learn new things if if that makes sense. Okay. Um would you is there like would you perhaps witness some new music and be like oh I wish you know I want to know. I I do that quite a lot with um kind of funky jazz stuff. Uh okay. I recently got into this band called Wolfpack uh V U L F P E C K. Um they're kind of a jam band i think that they'll write a song but then they'll record it all in one go live and then stick that up on youtube they've got something like i think maybe a hundred videos uh, of just them playing this I amazing like that. music just unedited kind of thing yeah and uh it's quite a lo-fi aspect as well i mean there's a little bit of mixing and mastering that goes on obviously but like a sound that happens in the room is in the recording so if a guy sneezes that's in the song now yeah um they're really fun so kind of listening to them and just listening to different styles of music um i don't listen to an awful lot of rock music whilst still kind of calling myself a rock musician um basically because working with rock bands i got a bit sick of the whole trying to live up to this rock and roll lifestyle thing when actually your music is bad and you should feel bad um Oh, Another, you, so, you, so working with rock musicians kind of sucked the fun out of it for you which I really hate but uh, yeah so mm. um, the, there's something about Whitesnake that I really enjoy though so no, I think anything's going to put me Fair off enough. Whitesnake um, 
has another rock band, uh, Dead Daisies, whose guitarist Doug Aldrich is just ridiculous next level. So that's what a single guitarist that I will go back to and try to like steal his technique basically yeah. even though I tell people to not steal people's techniques I don't care I want to play like him um, but in terms of keeping things interesting trying to just fit guitar into genres that don't necessitate it so jazz doesn't really need guitar hip hop doesn't need guitar uh, electronic music cinematic music doesn't need guitar but then if you can make it work you can get something really cool um, and that's the kind of style of music I write myself. Um, I do, so I call it instrumental rock, um, but I use uh, lots of electronic elements, so either electronic percussion or uh, synthesizers, uh, big orchestras as well, um, lots of effects, lots of glitchy stuff and sound design um yeah. so that that's kind of what i enjoy doing so trying to find so ways f- fusing genres and completely yeah so uh that material is released under the name ronnie diz so ronnie r-o-n-n-i-e d-i-z i've got a, a few different tracks online as i said earlier i don't finish songs quite as much as i'd like to but uh yeah, when st- stuff comes out with that, and it's quite, it's like a, a big sound. Um, yeah, trying to sort of cross genres a little bit. Um, yeah. So, in, in terms of using guitar in that, um, trying to convince myself that it's okay to actually play quite simple stuff, um, to just kind of blend into the background and, and sort of be appropriate to the music that's being played and then how to go from that into something that's really kind of cutting through but then do i want to cut through in terms of my sound or the effects i'm using or do i want to cut through in terms of the technique i'm using so would you sit there thinking about that or would you just try something and then move on if it didn't work i would probably what i usually do is is stick the uh the music as is without guitar on a loop for about an hour while i do household chores and just listen to it that way till it becomes just kind of I don't even hear it anymore and then sort of while I'm doing other stuff uh, household chores includes scripting and video editing by the way Um, of course it does (laughs) Uh, although I did sort of picture you hoovering and be like yeah that sounds good (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't oh I'll tell you about that project in a second actually Um, so yeah so, so I'll kind of just be thinking about the music whilst trying to focus on something else so then when I actually sit down about it I will have subconsciously been thinking what if I use a a bending technique but I I start it in this place so it's like having a pre-bend or just sort of trying to uh, tweak articulations and and things I can do quite uh, well but then tweak them in a way that makes them a bit harder to do and hopefully makes it a bit more interesting Um, I know what you mean because I do the same thing if I've recorded something that's kind of half finished I'll be like right I'll turn it into mp3 let's go and listen to it you know Completely. listen to it in the car i'll listen yeah, to it yeah. through my headphones i'll go for a run and listen to it and yeah uh, while uh, you're thinking about other stuff you definitely get new ideas I think. double-edged sword though because you can very quickly become bored with your own work and then think it's not worthy of being released so uh mm. oh yeah definitely you can overdo it, it. it it is a bit hard to uh strike the balance but i think you've just got to bear in mind that that thing you're sick of it will be a new experience to someone else yeah, um, that's the yeah. creative roller coaster. That Absolutely, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, so, what would you say have been your greatest challenges in teaching? In teaching uh, patience, for sure. Uh, when I started teaching, I couldn't. 
I guess I couldn't have imagined how long it would take a person to get a single chord under their fingers. You've got to be really patient, and you've got to, yeah. as I said earlier, be able to reiterate points in a, in a, in a whole variety of ways. And Can underst- you remember... Sorry. You sure go on. I was going to say, can you remember not being able to, to play chords yourself? Um, not not well. I, I can remember the first chord book I've got. I've probably still got it somewhere. Uh, um, <clears throat> no, I, I actually, I don't really remember a point. I, I, as far as I know, I picked up the book and was like, oh, so it's this chord. And then how do I go to ne- this next chord? But I think... I had quite a because um, I've been playing piano a little bit, um, so it and I've got a bit more naturally. I, I guess I knew when it sounded bad from that, but I think I've got quite a um, logical mindset. So if I'll, I'll work, I'll be able to problem solve musical things quite easily. So I was like, okay, I'm having trouble going from this chord to this chord. So what fingers has that got in common? What do I not need to move? Oh, that's a bit easier now. So. Oh, that must make quite a difference. Yeah, I realise that I've got <laughs> the edge on people in that way, but so trying to explain things that were really apparent to me but might not be apparent to someone else, and, and that's still stuff that I can do now, which obviously a beginner guitarist can't do, but you've got to work out how to get to that point and uh, yeah, why it is they can't do what you can do and i'm really sorry i've just realized it's raining so you might be able to hear that in the background oh uh, i hadn't I, I heard a i sounded like a fighter plane flew over you earlier yeah we get that... we get those as well <laughs> <laughs> so uh, um, yeah that's not in your own house whoever's listening <laughs> don't worry um, i can't hear the rain we should be all right okay wicked <laughs> um yeah no that's really i think that you're quite lucky i guess in that respect because i didn't for me we didn't we didn't have a music teacher at high school so i never knew anything about music until i wanted to um at which point mm. you know i was probably 17 18 i think um you know and, and then you're going in at the deep end and trying to work it out and it is very frustrating um, yeah i mean i i was much the same actually like um my my parents tried to get me to play violin when I, when I was really small, about five, which excuse me, which obviously I couldn't do because I, I was five. Um, but then we we didn't have uh, traditional music lessons in school, or if we did, it was kind of singing hymns, so it wasn't music to me in that way. So and again in secondary school, at other places call it a high school, don't they? Um, in secondary school, I, yeah, no, I shouldn't. That's quite American of me, wasn't it? It's quite I think. I don't, it, it's weird because I because I, I went to basically I went to college in in Norfolk and, and they say high school and I was like what the hell is a high school? Oh, okay. And they'd never heard the term secondary school, so secondary oh, school, good. high school, whatever. Yeah. Um, the big one. The the big one. I think we had a, a music teacher for the first year, but then they just disappeared and they weren't really replaced. Yeah, so that's what happened at our school as well. I wonder. I wonder where they. That could just be a running theme with music teachers. I don't know. Um, Yes, so that that was weird. So, so I never really got into music in that way. It was only a few years into school that I was sort of told, come on, let's do piano lessons by my parents, which um, I sort of did begrudgingly because I, I just enjoyed making stupid sounds in my bedroom with my tiny keyboard. Um, so were your yeah. parents musical? Yeah, my uh, my dad and my brother are, are really musical. Uh, my dad used to play bass and he plays uh, fiddle. My brother used to play fiddle. I think he's recently picked up a bazooki um, nice. because, because of, of course he has. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, so so yeah, I, I didn't really really have the school background, but yeah, my parents kind of got me to learn uh, got me to learn piano, so that was quite uh, that was, that was helpful when it came around to learning guitar as well. Um, yeah, just I think when it comes to teaching, whether it's teaching yourself or whether it's teaching other people, just be, be logical about stepping stones and make things simple and work out. Don't worry about the destination so much as working out how to get there because mm. you're not going to be able to get there if you can't get there, which sounds really obvious when I phrase it like that. But um, yeah, no, no, it's good. It's good Put, advice. Putting that into practice is, is not the easiest thing. Uh, especially when you take into account a uh, individual student's needs uh, with guitar and piano, like different sized hands. My hands are massive, too big even. So Does that come I, with being tall, though, perhaps? Oh, probably. Um, so certain chords are really easy for me to play. Other chords are a little harder, but then I find ways to adapt them. But then uh, a beginner guitarist won't necessarily know that, okay, th this book told you to use this finger for this thing but actually because your hands shaped this way or you've got this wrist injury yeah. try doing it this way um and that again get, goes back to uh applications they won't take into account the size of your hands or the shape of your body so it all comes no, down no. to uh Is, are you one of those people that will play like an a chord just with the one finger um i, I can do it because I, I like getting that high uh E string out because it's yeah. a little brighter i can't really do that if i bar it with the one finger what i actually do uh secret answer c is um <laughs> i'll play the open a string uh i'll fret the second fret of d and g with my first finger and mm. then with my pinky i'll play the fifth fret on the b and high e strings that's quite a stretch it's, it's quite a stretch but pretty comfortable for me um that's how big my hands are so <laughs> what you have there is a stacked power chord so it's a power chord on top of a power chord and it's, it's super bright you don't get the um uh you don't get a major or minor third but you get a really bright power chord so with um rock music that's a really pleasant chord to play with any level of distortion um you just don't want to use minor notes basic minor or major notes uh you just want to stick simple chords but then if you can stack power chords on top of each other you get that kind of brightness you might get from having a third yeah but without the uh distracting complexity of being told to feel things by music um <laughs> and then i can be really lazy and because there's actually an e in that chord i can play the open low e string as well and just say oh it's an inverted fifth it's fine um and that's how you play the biggest chord there is <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so in terms of music promotion, which I know you mm. said you've got a bit of background in that. Yeah. Um, obviously, there are tons and tons and tons of bands and artists now putting out music. It seems like more than ever before, but I don't know if that's just that, you know, Twitter is a thing now and SoundCloud sure. is a thing now. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give to anyone that's kind of wanting to reach a wider audience, whether it's a band or an artist? Sure. Um, in terms of utilizing social media like what do you think works and what absolutely doesn't work um in terms of social media i think y you've you've got to be regular and you've got to be interesting um i'm a big fan of this concept called band jobs um and this is something we talk about on um my music business channel stabbed panda music a series mm. called pro tips for independent bands okay. which which is exactly that so the the idea with band jobs is that everyone in a band will play an instrument or sing that's 
so obvious I shouldn't have said it. Um, you'll usually have a chief songwriter or lyric writer as well, and that can be someone's band job. So that's the thing that they do that, aside from playing an instrument, is how they, they make themselves worthwhile. Yeah, It's necessary to the process. You've basically got to consider things like... Um, promotion uh event management booking uh vlogging all everything it has got to be taken as seriously as songwriting so you could give someone the band job of finding gigs another guy could be the graphic artist or photographer just being responsible for for your uh visual representation online uh someone else could be a vlogger on behalf of the band so uploading content to to youtube or facebook or twitter um really regularly that is about the band but not necessarily about the music you're making um so having these are all jobs that you will have to do at some point it's just a case of whether you get on it early and do it yourselves or you hire in someone to do it on your behalf and if you hire in someone that's less money you make um See, I'm a big fan of the the, the band job idea, um, and I think skills like uh, photography, Photoshop, uh, filmmaking are all kind of... If you're a creative enough person to be able to play bass guitar, I think you'll be a creative enough person to work out how Photoshop works. Yeah, just uh, branch out. Exactly. Uh, and if it all goes south, you can get a job doing Photoshop, I guess. There um, you go, yeah. So just doing, doing more than playing your instrument, but kind of it's fair enough to, as an individual, not be able to do everything. But as a collective, as a band, you totally can. Um, in terms of gigging... At, I it sounds really cheesy, but you've just got to do it because you love it. Uh, the The chances of hitting any kind of major success with an original music band are so slim. You've got to stick at it and churn out original content, often for zero money, for a very long time. So you absolutely have to enjoy doing it. Um, otherwise, you, you're gonna you're gonna not enjoy it, and you're gonna not want to do it. And of course, it's not going to go anywhere because you're not doing stuff as often as you need to. I think Uh, you can tell when a band or an artist is enjoying it and it makes it so so much more enjoyable for you, you know, witnessing it. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I think you've got to to enjoy being on a stage and and performing uh, as well or just be really good at faking it. Uh, Like the, the first couple of gigs I played, I hated it, really couldn't bear it. Just because I'm just a really nervous person. So I made myself do it because one of the things I was good at studying is I realise this is weird to hear but the theory of stagecraft so the theory behind what to do when you're on a stage because I was quite good at working out oh this guitarist is doing this so he's moving in this way which allows him to do this and he's interacting with this person at this moment in the song so I'd literally make myself okay it's a chorus now you look at the drummer for a bit now it's the bridge you can turn around and not face the audience for a few bars that's okay because you're moving Uh, now it's the second song so you're going to walk over to the other side of the stage Um, that's how to fake (laughs) enjoying being on a stage just make yourself move make it part of the performance no, it's um, good. It makes sense to pay attention to other people that are doing it well. Totally, yeah. You know, let that sink in, I guess. So would you advise, like, 
treating it if you want to build your music career up a little bit um, from where it is treating it as you would any other business essentially yeah pretty much um, you, you can even go so far as to, as to study um, traditional business marketing yeah. uh, seeing how, how the big companies are using social media often I'd advise look at how big companies are using social media and then don't do that because there's no one in that company under the age of 20 so they won't get it um, I'm not saying that you need to work out how teenagers are using Instagram, but uh, they have the followers, so yeah, maybe. Doesn't hurt to. Exactly. Yeah, um, you've you've got to treat it as a job. So, yeah, if you can get part time, there's another plane. Sorry about that. So if you can get part time work doing whatever, I mean, I mean, I did the thing where I worked in a supermarket and stacking freezers for a few days a week to allow me to do music. Um, yeah. If you can get a job that's adjacent to music, that's amazing. But like, you don't necessarily have to. Um, and then, if that part-time work then gives you more of a creative, people are terrible at schedules. So if you know that Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're going to be stacking shelves, and that gives you Tuesday and a Thursday, which are going to be your structured making music days. And then yeah, just treat it the same as your uh, your day job. Just do the tasks that you've got to do create x amounts of videos youtube's great at the moment because you can create a load of videos but then set them to release dates so for example i'm not going to be in the country next week but i still have a video ready to go on friday at my normal launch time um so just keep on top of it just absolutely keep as far ahead of it as you possibly can uh you probably know this from creating podcasts as well you, you don't you've got to try and get ahead of yourself so that you can actually relax and think a bit more long term um yeah. so yeah absolutely treat it like a business um a business that you like though yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah. well the passion's got to be there hasn't it otherwise it's oh, like completely. You said, it's just gonna it's just gonna fizzle out otherwise. it's just gonna become a chore completely um <clears throat> so what what are your hopes personally for the next few years have you got any sort of i know you, you keep you you keep on on form in terms of thinking of new ventures and new projects and stuff have you got? yeah i've got a couple uh a couple things going on that i'm quite happy to plug um i'm trying to get together a massive collaboration between a variety of musicians and music professionals the idea is that i want to get about 300 people each submitting a six second video with a single piece of advice about uh, music creation songwriting instrumental tips lifestyle business whatever um anything thank you anything that you think you have a unique insight into and then these six second videos are going to be compiled into one it's about 40 minute video probably and and i'm gonna sort of back that with as much sort of marketing as i possibly can and get it out there so if every so you sorry go on will you be will you be inviting people to do that or are you just going to open the the door it's completely open at the moment um i've sort of preempted this by approaching like some specific bands um there's a great band uh they're English, but they work in France called Gadzooks. Uh, they're amazing. So I, I got them, and I think they submitted. They were working at a festival, I think, and and their guitarist just walked around with a camera, just prodding his bandmates to say something interesting. So I've got <laughs> I've got a big file from them to go through. Um, awesome. So yeah, I'm I'm taking submissions from literally anyone who has a unique insight into something very specific. Obviously, try to. Um, get a teacher is great advice practice loads is great advice but that's going to come up so many times so anything unique anything quirky if you can present it in a quirky way that's brilliant um so if you have a six second video please remember if you're using your 
uh, camera phone to film horizontally otherwise you're gonna stick out like a sore thumb uh, you can email it straight over to collab submissions at stabbedpanda.com or if you want a bit more info the url is stabbedpanda.com forward slash wp forward slash youtube collab all one word uh, so that and okay is this is this uh, pretty soon that you're going to be putting this i've i've been getting it together for for a few months it's going to take me years okay. years to do i've not put a um a deadline on it although though once i sort of approach the uh two three hundred mark i probably will say cut off is here um i'm yeah. kind of just like tipping dipping my foot, uh, feet in the water to see what the response is like but i, yeah. I think it could be really cool i think because if we get 300 people involved and each of those 300 people shares it to however many people they know then your opinion has just got shit i can't even do the maths on how many people that would be but it's 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 potentially a really huge platform um so so that's something that's sort of going on in the background at the moment uh this last week i've been working on a project in ipswich called inflated inspirations so there's an arts platform I do a lot of work with called Pop My Mind, um, who I'd really suggest looking at. Um, they've put together this massive installation created out of balloons. So it's like a forest where the canopy is in, entirely balloons and the, the trees are made of balloons and there's like balloon I think squirrels. I saw something about this this week. Yeah. Are they they're already putting stuff out? <clears throat> yeah, so it's... I think it's it's the week that we're recording this that it's happening and, and then it gets torn down, uh, unfortunately. Um, uh, was it Monday the... I don't know. Early, early August, anyway. Um, so okay. it probably won't still be out, but there's a 360 Google tour you can do to take a look around. Um, what I've been doing is I've been asked to um, record samples of the installation and turn it into a musical piece. Um, which at first I was a bit like okay so it's going to be a lot of balloons popping brilliant Um, Mm. but actually they're the sound because these are professional balloon artists who are are putting this together and there's loads of them they have these um, motorised balloon inflations where you just pop a balloon on top and then it's inflated immediately and the sound those uh, machines make is incredible it it sounds um, it's quite uh, it sounds a lot like a kind of dubstep bass so I was like, okay, nice. sample that, turn it into an instrument in uh, in contact, instant bass, brilliant. And then kind of the noises of uh, a massive bag of balloon being dropped is quite satisfying. Uh, balloons accidentally deflating is a nice sound. So I, I've kind of put together this cacophonous, starts off as a soundscape and then turns into this kind of electronic percussive thing that's really interesting yeah you've got a lot of squeaking in there then as well the sort of not quite as much not as much squeaking as you might expect but yeah there's a bit um so yeah um this the video i'm putting out well the week that we're recording so it'll probably be out already um the video that's going on my channel this week is uh i think it's a half hour video basically on how i'm changing these sounds and how i'm manipulating them um and it's quite good if you're interested in sound design or how to use Cubase or how to use found sounds as music um, and just how to trigger various effects through MIDI uh, what instruments do I use? So I use Cubase um, <coughs> excuse me, and Contact and Battery which are both by Native Instruments um, 
so yeah, that'll probably be out on my YouTube channel. It'll be called something to the effect of Inflated Inspirations. If you want to see okay. a bit more about the the company that put together popmymind.com or if you want to see pictures of the installation itself and, and the balloon artists and the people behind it, iiart.co.uk. Um, yeah, so, so those are the, uh, the, awesome. the not everyday projects that are going on at the moment. I like that. I like your collaboration idea. I think that's anything like that yeah. that's sort of going to connect people that are similar minded and that's going to you know be something positive that brings mm. everyone together. That, that's my hope. More, more than yeah. especially with and I realise I'm not helping the situation, but uh, a lot of the stuff that's on YouTube is is quite uh, negative and focuses on bad things and is isn't Definitely. constructive particularly. So I'm hoping to be a little more um, pro positivity louder. Totally. That yeah. that's kind of my hope with it. Awesome. Um, yeah. Okay, amazing. Um, well, we'll sort of uh, bring it to a close then. Is, it, sure. is there anything else that you wanted to say or mention or talk no, about I, before we go? No, I don't think so. I think I've pretty thoroughly covered my life up until this point. No, <laughs> thank you so much. I really Not appreciate it. Um, so Stereo Stick Man is a website that basically covers um, music from all kinds of artists and bands from around the world. So it's mm. every, every kind of genre and, and everything in between. Sure. Um, is there anyone that you are listening to at the moment when you sort of chill out at the end of the day that you would recommend to our audience or any new bands or artists that you've been following? Totally, yeah. Um, so I mentioned Wolfpack earlier. Uh, yeah. not, that, not that they need any support. I think they're doing quite well. Okay. Um, I met a Venezuelan guitarist a couple of years ago called Felix Martin. Felix Martin plays a 14-string guitar. Wow. So imagine two seven string electrics plonked on top of each other you have to use your whole arm to bar that yeah <laughs> he um yeah so so he he does a lot of stuff uh, it's almost entirely tapping um but because okay. it's because of the the range of the instrument it just means that you can get really more intricate um chords out of it um that I, I got to interview him for stab panda and, and like the theory behind what he's doing is really logical and really sensible it's just that no one has a 14 string guitar to try it out on so if you want to see some uh, impressive technical guitar playing Felix Martin um, a good friend of mine who I write music with Cy Pettit uh, has a electronic music project called Mango Flush and he also plays band in uh, plays band plays bass in a band called Subterranean Popular in London they're kind of uh, lo-fi grungy rock they're really fun um, there's a few singer-songwriters from Cambridge who are really worth checking out uh, Jake Martin is kind of a DIY punky singer-songwriter kind of cheeky lyrics really fun there's a dude called Oscar Corney as well Oscar C-O-R-N-E-Y and I recently went to a, a gig a friend was hosting and there's a fantastic guitarist called Matt Hammond uh, Matt Hammond does um, kind of intricate uh, tapping style acoustic guitar with, with some sort of uh, uh, stripped back vocal pads as well. So he's really worth checking out. Um, I think I've just plugged all of my friends. That's good. Well, <laughs> well done. Well, uh, you utilised that moment well, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Listen, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really oh, appreciate man, th it. Thanks for having me. It's so... Yeah, I enjoy being on this side of a microphone occasionally. Oh, good. Yeah, no, it's great. And I think a lot of what you said is going to be really useful to people that uh, Ta, pay attention. Yeah, I hope so. so. Awesome. Thank you very much and enjoy the rest of your day. Ta very much. Thank you. You too.
If you'd like to find out more about Liam Taylor, you can visit his blog at liamtaylormusic.wordpress.com. Uh, you can find all of his videos on YouTube, youtube.com slash liamtaylorguitar. Um, he also runs youtube.com slash user slash stabbedpanda. To find out more about the huge collaboration project that Liam was talking about, you can visit stabbedpanda.com slash wp slash youtube collab. You can download or listen to his podcast, The Conversation Hat Podcast, uh, which is hosted on SoundCloud. You can find it on iTunes, you can find it on Stitcher, Podbean, and generally all the places that you get quality podcasts. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you listening to the show. Um, Feel free to leave comments if you want to join into the conversation. And I will see you next time.